Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama and Happy New Year. I think this is the second episode of this new 2024 year. So I hope it's off to a good start. I always know it feels good when the kids get back to school and you get back to your routines and your rhythms. And I just want to remind you that that first week back is a transition week. Your kids are still recovering from like sleep deprivation. They maybe have, you know, had a lot of like boredom. So they've been dysregulated over the past week or you've had a lot going on. They might be really overtired. They might not have eaten well. There's a lot of colds going on. So your kids might show back up at school and get sick and then you've got to have them home again. So I just want to remind you that you are in a transition as you head back into getting back into your rhythm. So give yourself patience, give yourself a lot of grace as you um, transition back. So this episode today is called Resetting Crappy Moments. And I really wanted to talk about this because I think this happens to a lot of us as moms is that we're sort of doing a pretty good job staying calm and everybody is, you know, sort of half listening, you know, they're complying and things are a little bit easy and you're, you know, you're just like in your mom mode and things are going well. And then somehow there's like a flip, a switch gets flipped or I've been thinking about it like you trip over your own nervous system or your kids for whatever reason get super chaotic or dysregulated all of a sudden and you're in, you know, sort of what was going well all of a sudden goes to crap. (laughs) And that ends up looking like, you know, your kid has a major meltdown for no reason and you can't figure out what the heck is going on or they just not aren't listening to you or you have, for whatever reason, hit your threshold, you didn't realize that you were starting to get overwhelmed and that your window of stress tolerance was like at capacity and you were about to blow your top and you just lose it, right? So when do we see this happen? I see it sometimes at restaurants. So your kids are doing fine. They get in the restaurant, they're ordering their food and you're waiting for the food to come. You're sort of, they're occupied while they're waiting, they're hungry, da, da, da. And then they get the food, they eat it, and they eat it really fast, and then they start to act out. And your brain is like, all I wanted to do was sit here and enjoy myself, and now my kids are super wild, and I don't know what to do, and I, do we leave, do we not leave? Um, or you're at the grocery store, and they're putting stuff in the cart, or they're crying, or they're asking for things over and over again. And you're, you know, you're managing it well, and then all of a sudden, you're, you're not like they're running away from you and you're just, it feels out of control and out of bounds. And, um, other times like not to be, be labor the experiences, but you know, you're at a fun outing. I remember one of my clients was at this really cool place and they had to wait in line for a long time and the kids got bored and they got upset and they got annoying and they weren't listening and they were fighting with each other. And the, it's like, you know you're about to do something fun or you, you know, maybe a grocery store is not fun, but like it's temporary and you're able, because you are an adult, to like calm yourself and move through it and, you know, occupy yourself, but your kids can't, right? At the restaurant, they don't know what to do when their belly's full and their body has all the, you know, calories ready to, you know, move and 
we want them to sit still or they're at the grocery store and they have to pay attention and stay close to you and you know they're bored and they're dysregulated or they're waiting in line or a family event maybe there's not you know or a birthday party or something and they get overstimulated you know at pickup we see this like when your kids come out and you're talking to the moms and your kid is like, mom, 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 right? You know, and they're grabbing at you and you're like, stop interrupting. That's enough. Don't be disrespectful, right? Uh, so we have these moments with our kids that are just kind of crappy. And sometimes like you can leave, right? You can be like, okay, this isn't working. We're leaving the restaurant. We're leaving the grocery store. We're, you know, not going to stay at this place or, you know, I, you know, you can stop and you can leave, but then sometimes you can't. So I wanted to help you today understand how to like reset one of those crappy moments. So the example or the story that I shared this week in with my email list is imagining that you're at the grocery store and, you know, the kids are young, like five, seven, seven, nine, doesn't really matter, five, five and three or whatever. And you say, because your plan, it's not like a bribe, it's not a a reward. Your plan is after the grocery store, they're going to, you're going to like make some popcorn and watch a movie show, movie or whatever, or you're going to watch TV. And so you have this idea in your head, like how your afternoon is going to go. And so you say to the kids, Hey, as long as there's no problems in the grocery store, I'm happy to like make some popcorn and we can all cozy up on the couch and we can watch a show. And this is your plan and you communicate your limit to them. And it's that's classic calm mama limit setting. So I'm happy to make popcorn and let you watch a show this afternoon as long as there are no problems at the store. And the idea with that kind of limit is that you are really helping your kids understand that their behavior has an impact and that they can manage their big feelings and their energy while they're at the store. And you can kind of, you know, remind them while you're there, like, "Uh uh-oh, remember, I'm looking for no problems here. Come sit and then give them directions. Come stand by the cart. I want your hand to be on the cart here. Or give them a little task, give them a job. Listen, can you look through all of the yogurts and can you pick the one that has the orange or you can pick the one that says mango or whatever? You know, you give, you involve them, you engage them, you make the task, the, the grocery store, the shopping part of your, your day with them. So you're like super good calm mama, okay? Imagine it all works out. Your kids are fine. You're really engaged. You're, con- you're calm. You're connected. All good. You get home. Everything's great. You're going to bring in the groceries, you're going to put on the show, you're going to make the popcorn, and then you're going to put the groceries away. You're going to have 30 minutes to like, you know, prep dinner, all yay. But what happens is you get home and your neighbor sees you and she decides to come over and talk to you. So you're in the driveway and, you know, the neighbor's sort of unaware that your kids are waiting for you inside to do something or they're standing right next to you. And one of your kids starts to complain. Mom, mom, you said you were going to turn on the show. What's going on? You know, they're being like, like literally rude, but they don't know that that's not acceptable behavior because they're young. The feelings of 
of worry that you're not going to get it done, the impatience, that inability to delay their own gratification, that's part of their biology. They're young. Their brain is immature. They don't have the tools yet to self-regulate, to cope, to communicate with themselves. She's talking. This is temporary. It's not a problem. She's, I can trust her. She's going to get the show going. I can wait, right? All that internal self-talk doesn't exist for your kids when they're little. They need you to self, to regulate them, to co-regulate with them, to soothe them, to help them in that moment. And I think of that um, as like, you know, connection really is like pausing and turning to your child while they're interrupting. And what we most of the time do is we say, that's rude. Don't be disrespectful. You should not talk like that to me right? Because we feel a little bit embarrassed that the neighbor's seeing our kid act this way. We also just feel that they're being disrespectful. And in that moment, instead of giving them the internal talk that they need to calm and soothe themselves, instead of modeling self-regulation and doing the process of, of coaching them through that moment, you're trying to teach them a lesson or discipline them or threaten them. Now, the bummer is that in that crap, in that moment, when you are, you know, like, that's enough. Don't talk like that. Don't interrupt. Don't be rude. You know, you give them that dirty look, that stare face. I I know because I know I've done this before too. Your child in that moment, some of your kids might just like, you know, fine, okay, you know, go inside. But a lot of the ones that, you know, people who work with me, their kids have a lot of trouble self-regulating. They're just immature or, well, all kids are immature, but some kids have more trouble than others. And so if you have a kid that just goes out of bounds really easily, or you go out of bounds really easily, you know, that's why you listen to this podcast. That's why you want help. So if you go into your child's moment there and you become harsh or threaten, you're going to almost create a crappy moment. (laughs) You're escalating that moment. Your child's amygdala, the part of their brain that activates the stress response, is sounding an alarm when they're at the restaurant. It's not necessarily fear, it's boredom, so they dysregulate. When they're at the grocery store, they're, you know, they're restless. When they're in waiting in line, when the plans change, you know, whatever kind of situation comes up, I really want to help you see that your child in that moment, their behavior is a strategy that they are using to communicate their feelings or communicate their discomfort or a strategy to cope with that discomfort, right? They're using, they're hitting, they're kicking, they're grabbing at you, they're pulling, they're whining. They're using these behaviors as a tool to regulate themselves, to calm themselves. We always use our body to calm ourselves. So your children are going to do that too. We use relationship to calm ourselves. So they're looking to you to calm them. They're coming to you. Are they coming to you graciously? No. You would really love for your kid to be like, mom, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and stressed. I feel disappointed because I anticipated that we were going to walk in from the grocery store and the television was going to turn on immediately. And now there's a pause and a delay and I'm very disappointed. 
and I would like your help to calm myself. <laughs> like, no, that's not what they're going to do. But they are, that is exactly what they are doing in that moment because they, but they're doing it through their behavior. Their behavior is a communication of their emotion. And what we tend to do is we bypass the emotion. We don't address the underlying reason and we just look at the behavior and we try to discipline the behavior and get them back in line. And then the moment gets real crappy, right? All of a sudden, everybody's escalated and, you know, your kid doesn't comply and all of that. So when you have these runaway moments, what ideally I want you to do is just recognize that they've happened or that they're happening. So in the moment, you've got your little kid and they're on the driveway and the neighbor's still standing there and you are looking to your neighbor and you're like, excuse me for a second, <laughs> okay? And you, you actually interrupt your adult conversation to address your child's emotional upset. When you are at the restaurant, excuse me for a minute, and you take the child aside or you, you sit next to them. If you're at home and everybody's out of bounds, go into the situation and calmly say, we need to talk here for a second. Come over here, right? If you're, if you're in line and everybody is starting to get wild, I want you to regroup. I want you to come back together to take a pause break. You know, I teach the pause break for you as the parent to regulate yourself and to, you know, calm your nervous system. It's the pause break is, you know, stop what you're doing, reset your body, reset your mind, and then start again. So I want you to think about like a pause break as a mom with your kids and really taking on some leadership and some energy of like, I'm actually in control here. I know how to do this. I know how to reset these moments. I can come back and connect with my kid. So you're stopping whatever's happening and you're taking your child aside. I can't, I can only tell you how many times I have done this with my kids. Even now, when we have runaway moments and everybody's starting to get tense or I'm starting to get tense and we pause and we regroup. So I take a pause break as a family sometimes or as a mom with my kids or with one kid. I pause and I go, hey, what's going on here? I validate the circumstance, the emotional, what's happening, like, like really narrating what's happening. So when the, this is the connection tool in action. So it's like narrating the circumstance, narrating what's happening, and then naming the emotion. So the connection tool is narrate, name, now what? It really is a process of resetting a crappy moment. So we are stopping, we're regrouping, we're connecting back, and then we look at our child. So imagine the driveway situation, right? Instead of, you know, threatening and things like that, you turn to your child and you say, hey, right, were you excited to watch the show and you're worried I'm not going to start it? Like really say the thing out loud. Narrate the circumstance. Narrate the situation. 
give some words to it. I'm thinking about, you know, my family vacation this past week in San Francisco and how many times we had a lot of like um, really crazy things happen with our rentals and they were pretty disruptive for our family. And so we had to do a lot of regrouping because emotions got high, feelings got high. And it's like just stopping and looking at each other and being like, yeah, this is hard. We thought it was going to go one way and now it's going this way. And this is a really challenging circumstance. So let's just get through this and move forward. That, that's leadership. There's so much value in doing that. And I, I think we get overwhelmed in the moment. Not I think. I know we get overwhelmed in the moment and it just feels like fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. Do anything I can to get control back and power back over and shut these kids down. And, you know, and I don't want to judge you for that. Like that's so normal. But you see it. It goes sideways. It gets worse. It gets even more crappy. So whenever you start to sense that that's happening or it's already happened, what I'm inviting you to is to go, okay, let's pause. Let's connect. When that connection is narrating what's happening, naming the emotion. So on the driveway, you say, I understand it's hard to wait. I am going to put on the show after I'm done listening to our neighbor. Tell us her story. You can wait next to me as long as you wait quietly. Or you can go inside, get set up on the couch and wait inside. I'm coming in, I promise. So you're really narrating it out. What are you going to do? And then you turn your shot. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay here and be quiet or are you going to go inside? You give some empowerment. You soothe that anxiety. Now, a lot of times, especially if you've done this, you know, throughout, like once you take the course and all of that and you've like have the skill, your kids kind of trust like, okay, she saw my need. I feel validated. I feel seen. I'm soothed. I'm okay. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go inside. Right. They might be grumpy about it. That's okay. Right. It, they, they, they might be like, no, come in now, mommy. Right. They, it might not be something they're capable of doing at that time. And so that means just looking back at your child, your, the neighbor or whatever on the driveway and just being like, hey, it looks like I got to go inside. Thanks for telling me your story. Let, let me cut, touch base with you later. Or sometimes it's like a restaurant situation. You're like, okay, this is way too much. I'm going to go sit in the car for a minute. I'm going to calm this kid. I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to regulate their nervous system. Oh, looks like we're not going to be able to stay in line here. I'm going to get out of line. I'm going to go to the back of the line and just start over. Like, can you choose your peace in that moment? Can you choose your kid's emotional well-being in that moment? Can you move, like, like let go of some of the plan in your head or the circumstance in your head and just start over? That is resetting a crappy moment, to be honest. It's like you, you pause, you regroup, you connect, you limit set, stay quietly outside or wait inside. And then if they fail, they can't do it, you then have a child who's very dysregulated. That is not the time to start consequencing. It is your brain is going to tell you to start threatening and punishing. 
And I'm saying if you add more threat in the moment, you're going to just escalate it even more. So instead, you turn to the neighbor, you say, looks like I'm going to need to help this one out a little bit. I'll talk to you later. You go inside and then you can reset again. You see, now that we're inside, I'm happy to turn on the show as long as we get these groceries put away or, you know, you guys, you know, put your socks and shoes away, um, get, get your blankets set up, you know, as long as you go get the popcorn out of the pantry and hand it to me, uh, you, you can pull them in to a little task, right? So imagine you're at a restaurant and you say, you know, looks like we can't stay inside this restaurant anymore. We're going to go inside. We're going to go in the car for a few minutes and we'll see if we can make it back in here. Or you just, you know, have a crying kid and you grab the check and you walk, you know, you pay and you're just like, well, that was a disaster, <laughs> right? But then in the car, instead of coming at you, this is why we don't go to restaurants. You guys are so disrespectful and how can you do this? And you never listen to me. And like, don't do that. I want you to see that what happened in that moment is that your child just couldn't cope. The self-regulation skill was lacking. Your ability to soothe them in that moment wasn't there. So we're going to just keep moving forward and not creating more junk. When we have a circumstance like that and we have to leave the restaurant, we have to move the line, we have to like leave the birthday party or we get to something late, that is why I teach delaying a consequence. Because if you feel like your kid is just getting away with it and not having to, you know, make, make it right, you're going to get resentful. You're going to start to feel really angry and, and frustrated and your child's not going to learn that their behavior has an impact. So it's like the model is that feelings drive behavior and behavior has impacts. So your child, their feelings are valid, their behavior makes sense and they're still responsible for the impact of their behavior. So in the model that I teach in the Calm Mama process, that is all about like correction, right? It's like bringing the impact of their behavior back to them. But we do that in a delayed way. Because if you start adding consequences in the car and threatening and doing all of that, be, you know, that behavior that we do, you're not actually giving your child a chance to let their nervous system calm down and then talk it through and talk about, yeah, that's hard. In line, we are, it's really difficult. At restaurants, it's really difficult. At, at grandma's house, when you know we're trying to leave and grandma keeps talking, yes, that's really hard. Or when I'm at, when I'm at pickup and I'm talking to the other moms and you want to talk to me, that's a challenging circumstance. Let's talk about what we can do in the future. So we're going to just really calm and reset all of that junk, that crappy moment, instead of bringing it into the next moment. So this pause break for everyone, this like family pause break, is really for you to sort of calm yourself, connect with everybody, set some limits, see where their brain is at, see if they can stay in the moment. And then if they can't, you're going to have to pivot that's okay. And then if the pivot costs you anything, it has an impact, then we're going to pass that impact back onto our kids later. And that's a topic for a different um, 
podcast episode. And it's also something that I teach in the six week emotionally healthy kids class. It's like the whole model is I'm going to call myself. I'm going to connect with the emotional situation that my kid is in. I'm going to set a limit and give them some choice so that they can reset themselves. If they can't and they create a problem, I'm going to call, you know, have a correction later. So this episode that I'm, I'm sharing with you is all about kind of how to man- maneuver through those hard moments, how to take that, take that beat, right? Regroup, pause, connect, limit set, see where their brain is at. When you do this, uh, what you are actually teaching your children long-term is how to pause and reset themselves. We want our kids to be able to notice that they're getting dysregulated, that they are starting to feel overwhelmed, that they are frustrated, that they're angry, that they're overwhelmed, that they're worried, that they're stressed, that they're um, hurt, that they're sad. That is the the definition of emotional literacy is I know what I'm feeling, I know how to talk about it, and I know what to do with it. So with our kids, when we are teaching them emotional literacy, that's the skill of self-regulation. It's like, okay, I am aware that I am starting to get overwhelmed or upset. And I need to communicate that and I need to do something about it. So when you pause and you take a pause break and you reset a crappy moment, you're setting your kids up for long-term emotional health. It's so amazing. And my kids are older and I've been doing this process since Lincoln was four, right? That's when I first started to practice this type of parenting. He's 19. So for 15 years of his life, I didn't do, I did it clumsily in the beginning and I still do it clumsily sometimes, but he is able and he has, you know, severe ADHD and was very dysregulated as a child and had a lot of behavior issues. But now through the years, he's able to stop and reset himself, take a pause break himself because of the modeling. Sawyer too, he's a totally different, you know, type of kid and he's hot headed and he gets fired up. But he is able, even as a young man at 17, to stop and go, well, I'm just really upset, mom. This is really hard. This is overwhelming. I don't want it to be like this. I wish we weren't here. I wish it wasn't like this. So he knows what he's feeling. He knows how to talk about it. And he knows what to do with it. We are all always learning what to do with big feelings, right? That's like like life skill forever. So this episode, I hope it really helped you to understand like, you know, when you feel like things are starting to go off the rails and your kids are escalating and things are just really hard and feel awful, I want you to take a pause break with everyone. That's your takeaway. So for this week, just practice it. Just notice, hey, everyone seems a little out of sorts. Come together. I used to think of it literally like I'm going to gather all my chicks under my skirt. 
like I had this picture, I don't know, it was from a children's book or something of like mama hen or whatever. I don't know. And then all our chicks were like in her skirt and I would just be like, oh, this is like me gathering my chicks moment. And, and I would just kind of hold that leadership energy and bring my children to me and kind of, I'm like, even now while I'm saying this, I'm like circling my hands together and I would just be like, okay, guys, this is rough. What's happening? What do we need here? You're kicking, you're hitting, you're punching, you're spitting, you're complaining, you're whining, you're grabbing. Obviously, you have some big feelings. What do we need? Yep, this is hard. And then, you know, resetting like, let's let's play I Spy. Let's play Tic-Tac-Toe. Let's, you know, let's do I, you know, uh, Simon Says, whatever. Bringing them back in and engaging them. Okay, I love this episode for you. I really think it's going to help you a ton to just kind of feel like, oh, okay, I'm having a crappy moment. Let's reset. I'm having a crappy moment. Let's take a pause break. So that's what your takeaway is for this week. And your other takeaway for this week is if you haven't signed up for the Emotionally Healthy Kids class, then you need to sign up. I don't know. I, I It's like the best program that I've ever put together. It's six weeks. I teach you the entire Calm Mama process. It's in a small group. We learn it live together. All the moms in there are amazing. This upcoming session, there's a few moms with like three, four-year-olds and then a few moms with like eight or nine-year-olds. So I think it's going to be a really good mix of kind of uh, different examples. And then you can really learn the process because the process is always the same. We're always calming ourselves. We're always connecting. We're always setting a limit and we're always thinking about the consequence and correction. So I love, I love it. It's $500. You get the course, the six weeks that's taught live by me. You get the Calm Mama handbook, which I'm currently sprucing up and it's going to be even better than it already has been. And then you also get four months of membership in the Calm Mama Club, which the biggest perk of that is that you get to book private 15 minute sessions with me every week. And so you get that just as a bonus as for signing up for the class. So you get the six weeks and then you have additional time where you get to practice what you learn and get support from me as you implement it all. And then when that four months is up, you can renew and stay in the club for another $500 for the whole year. So I love the program. I, I, I just, if you haven't, if you're not signed up, just sign up. <laughs> That's all I can say. If you're curious about it, you can book a consultation with me. So go to calmamacoaching.com. It's right there under programs, Emotionally Healthy Kids class. We start Thursday, January 18th. So this comes out on Thursday. Um, and so the following Thursday is when we start. So you have a week if you're hearing this when it first comes out to sign up. And I'd love to see you there. I'd love to meet you, get to know your family and just support you in your journey to become a calm mama. All right, mama. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next week.